0: The all going on is the one and only Vex Kobo, Inevitable gorilla. just bigging up my boy Parnell. Make sure you listen to his podcast, The Morning P, before you take your pee in the morning.
1: All right, bless. Yes, yes, y'all, this is Romy Mac of Two Cents, where we talk about any and everything and give our two cents. You're now tuned into The Morning P, where he's always right until he's not. And the facts don't give a fuck about your feelings. Keep it locked, bitches.
0: On this episode, we talk political correctness, trigger warnings, and I let Jonathan Pie explain the fear of language. Coming up next on The Morning peak Good morning, stop yawning, wake up and get your paper. Good morning, stop yawning, wake up and get your cake up. Woo! Good morning, stop yawning, wake up and get your cake up. It's your boy, King Kong, the one and only and the only one, telling you to wash your face. Brush your teeth because it is time for the morning pee. So, without further ado, from the podcast that doesn't give a fuck about your feelings, put your hands together for your host, Podcast P. Woo! Welcome back to the Morning Pea Podcast. I am your host, Parnell Ramlal, and most of today's university students are railing up against trigger words and demanding trigger warnings be used to inform students of the possibility that they will be offended by what happens within the walls of the classroom. But does this fear of language serve any real purpose? Trigger warnings are blurbs that appear at the top of articles, academic texts, and now even tweets that are designed to prevent people who have an extremely strong and damaging emotional response to certain subjects from encountering them unaware, according to Geek Feminist Wiki. This preemptive feminist strategy has been widely debated in the blogosphere, even as it becomes increasingly prevalent online and in the classroom. Indeed, students from colleges across the nation, Oberline College, Rutgers University, the University of Michigan, and George Washington University, to name a few, have made formal requests through their student governments that literature be labeled to preempt any readerly distress. A student at Rutgers wrote, The examination of suicidal tendencies in Mrs. Dalloway may trigger painful memories for students suffering from self-harm. He then contended, reaching a compromise between protecting students and defending their civil liberties is imperative to fulfilling the educational potential of our university's undergraduates. Attainable through trigger warnings, which would help students imme- immediately learn whether courses will discuss traumatic content. Now, the literature being targeted primarily deals with struggles related to race and gender. At Oberlein, for instance, the students sought a trigger warning for Chinau Abechie's Things Fall Apart because it may trigger readers who have experienced racism, colonialism, religious persecution, violence, suicide, and more. Students have sought out protections against unwanted harm and have asked that those triggered to be excused from class without penalty. But before we adopt this ad hoc student-proposed solution, it's important to evaluate the the true use of trigger warnings in academia. There is something inherently controversial about categorizing, labeling, and regulating impulses or emotional responses to a person's cultural experiences. If education means encountering difference, thinking through one set of beliefs and critical thinking about and parsing information is to arrive at a more informed, pronounced understanding than one had before. As the student agenda spread, so did the controversy, with everyone from the New York Times to Buzzfeed weighing in. Bustle suggested the issue was that professors were too lazy. The point of the piece was that it takes two seconds to write a trigger warning and that we should be more sensitive to students' needs. Every semester, You can bet professors are telling students that their classroom is a safe space for, not against, discussion. They'll say they can say what they want with the language in their arsenal, but they should expect to be engaged and challenged by their peers and by the professor. The classrooms are safe spaces, not because we avoid talking about delicate matters, but because we have the freedom to discuss them. Now, I also worry about the repercussions of an environment where students can appeal grades based on academic discomfort. Last year, a professor wrote about how a student appealed her grade and told the department chair that she felt like the professor was shoving lesbianism down her throat because they were talking and reading Andre Lordzami. She won her grade appeal. The teacher was slapped on the wrist by the department chair, and the teaching load was reduced by one course, which is substantial since adjunct professors are paid by the hour. Ultimately, while the issue of trigger warnings is certainly not black and white, There are several compelling arguments about why we need to rethink their prevalence in the world of academia. Now, here are nine of those reasons. Number one, they make assumptions about the text and the reader. Trigger warnings, in order to function as objective, cautionary labels, operate under a number of assumptions about the person consuming the text and as well as the text itself. Number two, they can prevent dialogue in the classroom. Trigger warnings provide what could be seen as a more politically correct excuse for sustained avoidance of what is presumed to be triggering or problematic. Now, there is no dialogue when a person refuses to engage with a text. That said person can remain safely unchallenged. We may not have PTSD, Megan Don contends in the Los Angeles Times, but consciously or not, we customize our information delivery systems so we mostly see, hear, and read what won't upset us too much. Number three. They misunderstand what it means to be triggered. The basis of trigger warnings is actually a misunderstanding of how triggering occurs. Anything can trigger a person who suffers from a trauma or post-traumatic illness. Trigger warnings falsely vocalize on presumed triggers without acknowledging that being triggered is profoundly subjective. Jessica Valenti noted just as much in The Nation. As someone who has had PTSD... I know that a triggering event can be so individual, so specific, that there is no anticipating it. Last year, a position in yoga class gave me a panic attack because it was so closely resembled the position I was in when I had an emergency C-section. Last night, for the first time in over a year, I had a flashback. It took me over an hour to realize that the trigger was an incessant distant beeping coming from a neighbor's fire alarm, which sounded like the beeping of my then two-pound daughter's heart and oxygen monitors. There was no trigger warning for that. There is no trigger warning for living your life. Number four, they single out the emotions of only the few. Trigger warnings are presented as a gesture of empathy, but the irony is they lead only to more solipsism and over-preoccupation with one's own feelings, much to the detriment of society as a whole. Structuring public life around the most fragile personal sensitivities will only restrict all of our horizons. Engaging with ideas involves risks, and slapping warnings on them only undermines the principle of intellectual exploration. Number 5. They rely heavily on generalizations. In order to work and to have power, trigger warnings establish authority through objectivity, which means that they must universalize the experience of reading, thinking, and feeling. This universalization presumes that every person responds the same exact way to a text, that individuality is negligible, and that we are essentially flesh machines. Number six, they curtail academic freedom. The primary concern about trigger warnings on college campuses is that they curtail academic freedom by acting as a form of censorship, especially if teachers are prohibited from teaching certain texts or students are excused from reading assignments or class because of a potential trigger. Number seven, they can offer an easy out. Coded as a protective measure, trigger warning can actually serve an anti-intellectual agenda. Students should, and do, have the right to walk out of any classroom, says Jill Filipinick, observed in The Guardian. But students should also accept the challenge of exploring their own beliefs and responding to disagreement. Trigger warnings, of course, don't always shut down that kind of interrogation. But if feminist blogs are any example, they quickly become a way to short-circuit uncomfortable, unpopular, or offensive arguments. Number eight, they are not proven to be effective. All points aside, are trigger warnings effective? Roxanne Gray, in a smart piece for The Rumpus, suggests that trigger warnings are more often than not innocuous and therefore unnecessary. She goes on to state, intellectually, I understand why trigger warnings are necessary for some people. I understand that painful experiences are too often threatening to break the skin. Seeing or feeling yourself come apart is terrifying. This is the truth of my trouble with trigger warnings. There is nothing words on the screen can do that has not already been done. I don't know how to see beyond this belief to truly get why trigger warnings are necessary. When I see trigger warnings, I don't feel safe. I don't feel protected. Instead, I am surprised there are still people who believe in safety and protection despite overwhelming evidence to the contrary. Or, as Lisa Hajar says in the New York Times, any student can request some sort of individual accommodation. But to say we need some kind of one-size-fits-all approach is totally wrong. Number nine. They provide safety under the guise of surveillance. Trigger warnings underpin the imagined safe space of the classroom. As a pro-trigger warning student said in the New York Times, these warnings would ideally eradicate a student's feelings of entrapment. She says, people suddenly feel a very real threat to their safety, even if it is perceived. They are stuck in the classroom where they can't get out, or if they do try to leave, it is suddenly going to be very public. Now, beyond the basic fact that in university settings, students absolutely have the right to leave at any time, as an adult person, there is an irony underlying safe space. Safe? Safe for who? Safe here intimates surveillance, not freedom of dialogue, which negatively affects a professor's ability to teach without fear of censure or dismissal. Now, on with the show. Yes, yes, guys, you just heard it there. I am, uh... That was my monologue. <laughs> How do you guys like it? How are you feeling it? Um, Yeah, a little different today, guys. Listen, after the last episode, we brought on um, a couple friends uh, from the Everyday Talk podcast. Uh, brought those guys on, Big Phil and, um, and Maker. right? There was a lot, and I mean a fucking lot, of hate mail. Uh, a bunch of comments on social medias everywhere. A bunch of things that uh, I didn't really expect. Um... That's a lie. (laughs) I I just didn't expect it to be that big. I definitely expected some blowback. I didn't expect it to be that big. Um, It was kind of interesting, guys. I had people just off the promo off the last episode. um, People were fucking losing their shit. Like, I had to take screenshots of what people were saying. And I think I'm going to read a few of them on here, guys. It blows my fucking mind, man. It blows my fucking mind... That we can't talk about a goddamn thing these days. Nothing. It, because we're scared of uh, uh, some kind of special interest group getting pissed off at us. It drives me fucking crazy. It, it, it's one of the things that I, I think about and I'm like, why the fuck do we let these people keep breeding? Why do we let them have kids and, 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 and let them continue on with life and teach their picnic the same bullshit? You, should, you people should be fucking ashamed of yourself. Right, Education is there to inform you, to give you a better understanding of life, to be an intellectual in society. Instead, you want to curtail that into, you're not allowed to talk about these fucking words, or about this topic, or about this subject, because I'm offended by it. Fuck your feelings! Fuck you being offended! I don't give a fuck! Why? It's intellectually dishonest. It really is to say that we, we're not allowed to talk about some things because you don't agree with that subject matter. Who gives a fuck? Learning about the topics is what gets us past the point of saying we can't talk about the topics, and learning more about them so that we can say how do we better, how do we, how do we better affect the generation coming up next, so that they don't have to deal with these topics. I'm talking about rape. I'm talking about abortion. I'm talking about transgender issues. I'm talking about the word nigger off my last episode fuck all you people man not being able to talk about a fucking word is so fucking juvenile you have you have, you have, you have an infantile fucking mind that's what you have you, you want to you censor people from talking about a bunch of things that need to be talked about important issues that need to be discussed so that we can actually find a solution for them you want to stop people from talking about those because you feel fucking triggered fuck your triggers fuck your offense fuck you There's nothing I can say that is worse than the effects these things have on society. Having a discussion about it and making you feel a way about it is the first step. The first fucking step in having you find a solution so we don't have to fucking deal with it anymore. But you don't want to talk about that. You'd rather have all these fucking things pushed under the rug, right? And yet you'll come up, come out and say, "Oh, we need to be anti-fascist, anti-racist, uh, uh, um, anti, or, or pro-transgender, and all this fucking bullshit." You'll say all those things, but you don't want to have a fucking discussion about it. There's no talk to be had. Nobody can fucking, nobody can come at you and say, "Hey, listen, let's have a conversation about this," because I don't understand. And you, you come out like, "Oh, if you don't fucking understand, you're a fucking bigot, and you're a racist, and you're fucking this and that and the third. Man, fuck you, fuck you, you intellectual fucking muppet. I'm so fucking angry at the state of our society right now. The state of the education system. Students are literally teaching or showing the professors what they're allowed to teach. They are, they're they're telling them, this is what you're allowed to say, and this is what you can't say. This is the hand gestures you're allowed to use, and these are the hand gestures you're not allowed to use. Because if you use these ones first, then I'm going to be offended, and I'm going to fucking walk out of your class. Good! Walk the fuck out! Leave! Nobody wants that fucking mindset in a classroom, in society, in a job. Nobody wants that. And now we have to fucking, now we have to tuck our tail between our fucking legs and walk around on eggshells because you're going to get offended or you might get offended? It's not even that you are offended. It's that you may be offended. Please, give us a fucking trigger warning so that we can actually know if we want to have this conversation because it might trigger a fucking emotional response. I'll tell you what, motherfucker. Trigger warnings were put in place because of PTSD. People coming back from fucking war or had traumatic fucking accidents. Okay? The reason that they don't want to have fucking... There's trigger warnings out there is to warn those people with fucking emotional stress that there could be something that that could potentially... Potentially... Bring them, draw them back in, into that emotional stress. And that's what we don't want. You fucking college kids that have a fucking problem, that that have a problem with words, don't need trigger warnings. What you need is a smack across the fucking mouth. That's what you fucking need. Grow the fuck up, man. Be part of society. Be part of the conversation. Be part of a logical, intellectual debate about why these things shouldn't be said or why these things shouldn't be done and the solutions for them. Don't come up don't come up to a fucking university start demanding bullshit because you feel unsafe. Words are not fucking words don't hurt you. Words are fucking words. That's it. Period. Plain. End a fucking sentence. Period. That's it. <clears throat> How's your Monday going guys? <laughs> Fuck man. I get so... Listen, the reason I get so upset when I talk about these issues, when I talk about censoring language specifically, is because without language, without discussion, without intelligent debate, without intelligent discussion, logic and reason and meaning behind these discussions we're never going to be able to solve these issues. Sweeping them under the rug doesn't fucking solve anything. All that does is serve to... If serve the people that want to have these issues become prevalent again. If if we want things to end, we have to figure out how to end them. We cannot figure out how to end them unless we have discussion on them. Do you see what I'm saying? And your fear of a word and your fear of language has nothing to do with how we're going to solve this. Your fear of language and your fear of discussing topics is all in your mind. Everything is happening to you internalized. That's it. There's no fucking, there's no violence from words. There's no harm that can come from words. Unless you're hurt and talk about hurt feelings. But you know what I say about that? Fuck your feelings. Because if we're going to be oversensitive now in today's society... That's what this society is going to be. Oversensitized little fucking bitches that cannot handle a fucking conversation. Bunch of fucking incels sitting in a goddamn computer screen. Why do I fucking do this? Listen, it's it's funny. This topic this topic came up just by chance. And I'm ranting on it. simply. It's interesting how this works, man. People were getting pissed off at me because this show has gotten a little more intellectual than they wanted. Uh, they still wanted the rants. They still wanted the bullshit. They still wanted the uneducation. Of just fucking going. The fucking they wanted this machine just to keep fucking pumping out bullshit, keep spewing it. Okay, I can do that. Guess what? The last fucking ten minutes, I just fucking did it. There you go. You happy? You got your fucking rant. Now you guys are fucking happy. Let's see if we can make other ha- other people happy because within this conversation of me yelling and screaming, there is some pertinent knowledge that we need to fucking address. We need to address the fact that universities are being taken over by the fucking students and professors no longer have a fucking job or will most likely not be able to teach exactly the, the criteria they need to teach to have these students learn the material needed to go on and learn that fucking individual course. You know what I'm saying? If we, There's actual law professors that say they cannot teach law... uh... the, the laws that revolve around rape because of fear that somebody who was in the class who was raped may be drawn back to those traumatic events. Fine. During those rape law discussions, have that person step out, and she or he does not have to fucking deal with rape law. But other students in that class need to learn that people that fucking go into court to fucking defend defend these people who were who were raped or def- or the, the 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 defendants that actually that were accused of raping need to know these fucking laws. This is how society works. We can't have people going with half knowledges saying the professors somewhere or saying they're an expert somewhere when they only have half truth. This is bullshit. This is fuck. This is good. This brings me back to Bill C sixteen. All right, Jordan Peterson and Justin Trudeau, and fucking and and the, and the pronouns that we have to use now. No matter what somebody says they are, you always have to say, Yes, you are that person. You have to agree with them. When when somebody's when you look at somebody, they're clearly a male or clearly a female, and they want to identify as a fucking rake, you have to say, Excuse me, Mr. Rake, or Excuse me, rake, and and then it's fucking retarded, re fucking targeted. Words are great. You want to use words to your advantage, and yet, the things that you feel trigger-barred, we're not allowed to talk about. Why? Again, why? I'm literally standing, I'm sitting here in my studio, and I'm getting pissed off at myself for not being able to say the things I want to say. And you know what? I've had a enough of it. So here's what's going to happen over the course of the next few episodes. The next few episodes are going to focus strictly on everything that society says I'm not allowed to say or have a discussion about, or discuss with anybody, things that may may make you feel unsafe, (laughs) I can't even say it without laughing, make words that make you feel unsafe, fuck you, fuck you, yes, I come off as aggressive on this goddamn show, this is the way I talk, it's my mannerisms, it's how I portray myself on this fucking show, you talk to me in real life, I'm this exact same person, except I'm not yelling at you, I'm having a discussion with you, and the problem is, people. The, the reason people feel triggered by these fucking words are the people. The reason people need trigger warnings is because they can't back their argument of how stupid this is. Like I said, trigger warnings were meant for people with PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. Okay, it's actually, it's a clinical fucking term for people that have had traumatic instances happen to them in their life. Right. Very fucking crazy. Right. There's a lot of people that need trigger warnings, but only slightly, there's only a few of them that actually have PTSD. The thing is transformed, transformed from actually being something useful and helpful for people with PTSD into something that the general public feels is is necessary because they don't want to be triggered. Well, if you don't want to be triggered then fine, don't be fucking triggered, you're an adult, learn to handle your fucking emotions, it's not my job to tiptoe around that bullshit, it's your job to be able, as an adult, interpret what it means in your mind, and go the opposite fucking route, if it's going to trigger you. Learn how to handle your emotions, learn how to be a self-sufficient adult that can think and act for themselves, and not as taken over by fucking instinct. How about that? How about instead of being a fucking baby, instead of being a fucking child, you learn how to be a goddamn adult and handle your fucking emotions? Hmm? Because I'm not going to tiptoe around it anymore. Not like I really have in the past either, but I'm not going to do it anymore. I've had enough. So many of you, so many of you gave me fucking nasty fucking replies and nasty comments and DMs and text messages and emails because I wanted to discuss the use of a word. The, uh, the, The word... The word that had such detrimental effects to my people. And instead of seeing, instead of listening to the conversation, which by the way was highly intellectual from a couple of people that actually are in the United States, are black men in the United States, and that were explaining how the use of it, the history of it, the uses of it, the future of it. One, Big Phil even said, I'm not, after hearing my arguments, and after hearing my debate on it, said, I will not use that word ever again and has promised to go down to where he used to use it, to the guys that were on the street corner, and, and, and tried to convince them to not use it either. These are things that need to be done. Without the discussion, there's no use. Do you understand? Actionable things that can be, actions that can be taken through discussion, through logical debate. And you fucked up, god damn it! What gives you the right to tell anybody else what they can or cannot say? Because it may affect you. Hmm? Tell me that. I'll wait. Yeah, exactly. There's nothing, nothing... Listen, let's put it like this. If I'm going to, myself personally, if I feel a certain way about things that are being said about a topic, I'm going to interject with my with how I feel about the topic with the facts of the topic with um, logical deduction, and break it down and say these are the facts of what this topic is. Now we can get into the nuance of it. We can get into the very the complexity of it. We can go down every single road and discuss every single portion of these topics. That doesn't mean that I necessarily agree with what is being said it just means that i'm having the discussion because my open-mindedness allows me to hold one set of arguments over here and the facts over here and slightly blend the two and form an opinion see how that works pretty fucking simple i'm just i'm, I'm sick of i'm sick of being told what to say what to do what to wear what to eat what to, every, every, everything everything is a fucking opinion Man, fuck your opinions. Your opinions don't mean shit if they're not backed by fact or logic or reason. That's it. Plain and simple. Your feelings should have no bearing on what society does as a culture. Plain and simple. You have a problem with something, it's your obligation to fix that, not mine. You feel a way about something, that's your obligation to to not feel that way about something. Or to feel differently about that topic than me it's not my obligation to make you do that what is my obligation is to make sure that you have the correct information and the correct uh, um the correct background for any topic we want to discuss so that you can actually form your own opinion i'm not here to give you your opinion you're here to make your opinion by your fucking self now if you need somebody else to give you your fucking opinion you need to go back and be more of a more of a critical thinker because you haven't actually addressed the thing that you need to address in your goddamn life Do you understand that Do you understand that listening to everybody else on social media and listening to fucking memes on social media about all this social injustice and all this fucking, all this racial history that's going on right now, those probably aren't all the facts. Yes, you can get some information from there, but I guarantee if you don't research that, if you don't actually know what they're talking about, you're not going to be able to form your own goddamn opinion and have an actual intellectual thing to say about these goddamn topics, are you? Huh? Trigger warning this, bitch. Listen, I'm out for the day, guys. I don't even know fucking how long this has been. Um... I'm out of here. I hope this show is long enough. Well, what is this? 26, 27 minutes, whatever it is. Guys, listen. The next few episodes, this this is this is the trigger warning primer. The next few episodes are going to be all about trigger warnings, guys. I'm going to be talking about topics that you guys fucking hate to discuss. Why? Because the discussion needs to be had. Plain and simple. That's it. Period. I'm out. I'll see you on the next one. I'll, um, As we lead out, I'm going to leave you with Jonathan Pye... Um, uh, he's a comedian out of the UK and he's talking about trigger warnings and use of language, the fear of language, guys. Because apparently, you guys don't fucking get it yet. Well, m- my listeners probably do, but the fucking idiots that don't listen to this fucking show or maybe some of the idiots that do listen to this show need to learn a thing or two. And by the way, if you like what I've said on this, and by the way, I'm not editing this. So if you like what I've said on this, share this. Show people this. Tell people that this is not how they should be acting. They should be able to come up with clear concise ideas and hold the values and morals that they find true ones that they feel are best describe them as a person all right trigger warnings and using things to say i'm scared of your words or i'm scared of that word i feel a certain way about that word so i have to leave this conversation there's there's certain things we need to do as people to actually progress in life to evolve this has been a constant theme on this fucking podcast how to evolve and learning how to deal with your emotions and your feelings, and not only talk about them, but find a fucking solution for them, is something we all need to work on. My way is this podcast. My way is venting on here. right? Screaming at the top of my fucking lungs to, to 100,000, 200,000 people. That's what I do. That's what you guys love. That's what I just gave to you. Find your own way. Find your own way to be creative and get this out. But don't fucking cause hate. Don't, don't hate, just hate people for no reason. Don't hate people because they want to have a conversation. Don't hate people because they want to discuss things that you don't want to talk about. Learn to deal with your emotions, all right? Because when we start cutting off conversation, when we start, start cutting off debate, when we start telling people the words they're allowed to use, in what situation, it completely eliminates individuality. And by being so individual with these small groups, these small interest groups, or or. Yeah, these special interest groups, if you, everybody's, everybody's trying to be so individualized with these, with these special interest groups that it's taking away your actual individuality. It's taking away society's ability to adapt and adjust to the future and work our way to a greater fucking life. Plain and simple. Plain and fucking simple, guys. Jonathan Pye is coming up next. I'm out. I'll see you on the next one. Peace.
1: Fun fact, Tim. Did you know that all around this area, there is an official swearing ban? in place. All, all around Salford Keys, the council has banned swearing. I'm a, I'm a ticking fucking time bomb, Tim. This, this is Media City. The BBC, ITV, the mecca of so-called liberal elite, where you can get fined a £1,000 for saying tits too loudly. Tits! Th- that's why Fiona Bruce is always whisked off in a car the minute she's done. That potty mouth tart, she wouldn't get 50 yards out the fucking building without costing the beeb thousands. What? Well, I just I just looked on the Salford Council website because that's the sort of. Boring shit. I do, and it's called it's called a public space protection order, and and they list ways in which it's violated. Right, so one, jumping off bridges. Okay, two, throwing stuff at other people, otherwise known as assault. Uh, three, stealing safety equipment. Well, yeah. Four, throwing animals into the water. Uh, five, swearing, uh, and finally six, urinating or defecating on the street. So, so just to clarify, saying the word bollocks is more antisocial than taking a fucking shit in the middle of the street and swearing in public is apparently on par with drowning animals. What, why are people so afraid of language? You know, I'm not, and I'm not talking about just, you know, hurling abuse at people. You know, that's not right. You're not people, Tim. You, you, you don't count. I just... What, what baffles me is this fashion for stifling language and opinion comes from the left. Liberals. Students! Students saying you can't do this, you can't do that. Students are meant to be like Rick from The Young Ones, not Mary fucking Whitehouse. All this youthful energy concentrating on stopping debates rather than winning them. No wonder being right-wing is the new rock and roll on uni campuses. That's how you rebel these days. You vote Tory. It's fucking mental. Being a student used to be pound a pint down the union. Now... The NUS has raised alcohol prices to curb binge drinking. You've got, you've got students calling for statues of dead men to be torn to the ground because they were colonialists. I'm not being funny, but who wasn't? It's not an honour to have a statue in your image or a building in your name a hundred years after your death. You're dead. It's no longer an honour. It's a reminder. They're, they're reminders of how we got to where we are. Our, our history is being erased by students. Some of them history students! It's it's revisionist, it's fucking Orwellian. All for fear of causing offence. Literature! If if you're offended by To Kill a Mockingbird because it uses language of its time that is no longer acceptable, if you can't make that distinction, then you're a fucking idiot! And you have no appreciation of context, and you have no place doing a fucking literature degree. And yet certain unis, they're putting trigger warnings on these novels because they may cause offence. How many times do you hear that? This was edited, censored, banned, because it may cause offence. I'm sorry, but no one has a right not to be offended. Because offence, it's it's in it's entirely subjective. It's it's bollocks. No, I'll tell you what it is. It's utter, absolute ass wanky cheese fucking ball bag bollocks is what it is. Arrest me. Wank! Tits! Feel better now. Okay. The champ is here!
0: The champ is here!